Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co. Hey guys, on today's episode, Noel and I are going to break down effective communication. Noel, good morning. Good morning. This um this is a this is one of those soil topics again. This is foundational stuff. It is. And you know, yesterday uh, we recorded a gathering and talked about the difference between uh, therapy and coaching and we got mm-hmm. so much nice feedback that I wanted to share with you. Um, people wrote in and said that we you and I communicate so effectively. And that they've oh, seen wow. conversations like that disintegrate into defensiveness. And thank you for modeling how to do it in an effective, smart way. That's a really amazing compliment. I feel like I talk over you and interrupt you and uh, all, all the time. But we talk over and interrupt each other, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I think over the years we've gotten really good at communicating with each other. Yeah. And maybe talking over each other, um, as long as you don't do it too much is okay. And we'll go through it, you know, like maybe that's not, uh, the make or break when it comes to effective communication. I think that's more personality than anything that we just, you know, when we get together, we have a lot to say. (laughs) I, I file my interrupting people under, uh, passion. I'm just passionate. Yes, yes, me too, me too. Well, so let's get into it from from a coaching perspective. And, you know, guys, if you're listening, uh, just a caveat, a lot of times when you listen to John and I, we make it seem so easy. We have been coaching for a decade. We have been friends for a decade. We have been business partners for a decade. And this has been hard won between Mm -hmm. us. And it's really work. Yes, and I got to say, um, and I'm sure both you and I uh, have had uh, different work environments, different business partners, all of that. And without effective communication, it just it just naturally uh, disintegrates, and then people start holding resentment, and it, you know, it, it just the, the house of cards comes crumbling down. Yes, it does. It really does. And, you know, in the same way that we can use coaching skills to enhance all of our relationships, it also goes in the opposite direction where the foundation of coaching itself is the relationship that you hold with your client. Right, right. And so this competency of communicating effectively is the glue between coach and client to hold that relationship. And it really is a relationship. It's not just a drop in the bucket or a point in time. Um, when you're holding space with somebody to work on on their life, you're present with them in relationship. Yeah. And all the sessions, you know, they, uh, they tie together and there's uh, an evolution and a building of that relationship. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful, yeah. and yeah. it's something that I truly uh, cherish the capacity to have that be my lived experience and what I do mm-hmm. with my work life and my time. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Um, the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, has broken communicating effectively down into three components. Mm-hmm. The first the first one is uh, active listening. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 
we talk a lot about active listening. And, you know, I think that the term active listening is probably the best definition itself to think of of posing the question to yourself of maybe even in mantra form, how may I be active in my listening? Yeah. I mean, I think most people think listening means to um, just be quiet and to be passive and just to hear. Uh, and so, so the word active and listening almost sounds um, like opposites. It's, it's true. But, you know, if we're really breaking down modern life and society, um, people have a hard time dropping down into even a pure listening passive format because we all have squirrel brain from, you know, our phones to dopamine to news cycles to um, feelings that we're all churning with during this very weird time to actually listen to somebody is really work. Well, also, while that person is talking, uh, many of us are thinking of our comeback or thinking of something that's going to be defensive or thinking of, you know, how we can uh, control or manipulate the conversation. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's all about the self. That's yeah. ego talking. Right, and right. there's no space for that in the coaching conversation because, you know, you're a conduit for somebody else's life when you're a coach. So, right. you know, squirreling or, or, or maneuvering in the conversation um, sets up this dynamic where the client feels like they're getting steamrolled. Right, right. So active listening is the ability to focus completely on what the client is saying and is not saying to understand the meaning of what is said in the context of the client's desires and to support the client's self-expression. Yeah, and that's so important too. And it takes so much of the pressure off of the work of coaching to know, hey, you know, my client is going to drive this bus. I just have to show up as co-pilot and really listen to the person in front of me. And there are a couple of different ways to do that. And so, you know, part of what John said was really hearing the client and, and that involves their concerns, their goals, their values, which is values and beliefs, super important and beliefs really specifically about what is and is not possible. John, how do you listen for this kind of stuff in session? Um, I, you know, I love uh, this, this uh, part where it's, we're talking about um, listening to the, what the client is also not saying. And so um, because, you know, we're trained to just listen to words, um, what is what is the client not saying? And for me, that means what's happening underneath. For me, that means what's the subtext. And for me, that means, you know, not just uh, words, obviously, but uh, body language and, uh, you know, and like you said, values, you know, all of that stuff um, that isn't just on the surface. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, not being a direct communicator and saying what you really mean and saying how you really feel all the time is super rare. It's so rare that mm -hmm. it makes people uncomfortable. And I know this right. firsthand because I'm one of those people. <laughs> when you right. ask me how I am, I'll tell you how I am. <laughs> and, right. right. But that's not true of our clients. And so somebody might come to a call and you could say, how, oh, how are you doing today? And they could say, I'm great. Or they could say, fine. That's just the way the world is. It's like we're so used to just saying that we're fine or whatever. Uh, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. We want to make people feel uncomfortable. And so we actually don't speak our truth. Yeah, we don't speak our truth. And when we're in the, the coaching space, we want clients 
to speak their truth. And there's a secondary aspect of active listening where the value in 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 really hearing your clients speak their truth is that you take it and then you mirror it right back to them. Mm-hmm. And and you know I think the reason why this is difficult is sometimes uh, we will place our values and the way that we see the world and you know all of that onto the client instead of embracing the client's values you know with with two hands. Yes, and and if you're listening and saying, "Uh oh, you know, I I do that," that's normal, that's natural, that's part of being a human. When you're mm-hmm. learning how to be a coach and really leaning into these professional competencies, this is where you learn how to shift into a different way of being in conversation with people. And yeah. the, the mirroring part of things, um, you know, think about the last conversation that you had with somebody. Can you remember what you said? Um, the last conversation I had with someone, no, not, not, not really. I talk a no. lot every day. I don't remember, no. Me too. I yeah. have no idea what I said. I, I remember what the other person said, but I have no idea what I actually said. And so when we mirror back for our clients, we're telling them what they said. Right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> because we don't have that opportunity in life. And then, you yeah. know, that dovetails um, the second part of communicating effectively, which is powerful questioning. Yes, the ability to ask questions that reveal the information needed for maximum benefit to the coaching relationship and the client. Yes, and I have to shout out um, to Deanna, one of our instructors who teaches this for the Journey Coaching Intensive. She is a badass mofo, like straight up. And she is masterful in teaching this class and makes you think about questions in a completely new way. So, you know, too, like let's, let's spin this for real life. When was the last time you asked somebody a question in specifically with the intention of getting the maximum information needed? Yeah. You, well, first of all, it's hard, you know, and th- and I think that's why Deanna is so great at it is because it's a craft and she's practiced it so much um, to actually take a pause and think about how to, you know, position something to ask a question that's going to be compelling. That's really hard to do. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come naturally. It's a coaching skill. And right. this is one of the reasons why, you know, leaning into coach specific training on this stuff is so very helpful because there are ways to ask very specific questions for discovery, insight, mm-hmm. commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example of one. So there's a type of question called a scaling question scaling. Mm. And it's, it's really helpful when a client says, you know, okay, um, I'm really, I'm really going to do it this week. Like this is the week that I'm going to do the thing. And the scaling question is measures readiness. So on a scale of one to 10, tell me honestly, how ready do you feel to Mm -hmm. do this action? Mm. And kind of forcing somebody to really consider how they feel inside is a completely different cut of just saying, let's just bowl through with goal accomplishment. Because if you're if you're resistant internally, then there's more work that needs to be done before you're actually going to follow through and do the thing. Yeah. Would you say that also um, powerful questions always um, are open-ended? Like they're not, you know, yes and no. <laughs> yes. The, yeah. And, and th- that is the case. So, um, And when yes or no questions are interesting, a lot of times 
with clients, yes or no questions have the potential to be leading. Um, mm-hmm. So something to the effect of like, um, John, you really love doing a podcast with me, right? No. <laughs> hey, that's a leading yes. question. That right. I that I imposed my assumption in that question. I gave John two choices. He could either say yes and make me happy or no and disappoint me. And and I didn't give him the space to talk about any nuance or what was going on for him. And so, you know, yes or no questions lead us to black and white thinking and shut things down for clients. Right. And also, you know, the way that you ask that, can, it can be aligned with a little bit of control. Like, technically, that is a question, um, but but Noelle's right. It's a leading question in that, in a way, it's not even a question because she says, hey, you like doing a podcast with me, Right. And that emphasis mm-hmm. on that word "right" makes me kind of like say, uh, "Yeah, yes, I do." <laughs> you know, it's like it's like she's twisting my arm very subtly. Uh huh. And this happens in relationships all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all the time, and right, that's right. where people's voices get stifled, and they don't feel like they're heard, and they get back to the corners, and nobody communicates with what they actually want. You know, it's a right. hilarious thing that I've been hearing going around. It's kind of become like a, a meme for the pandemic. Is asking um, your partner or other people in your household, "What do you want for dinner?" I, I don't know how or why, but that's come or become a really divisive question right now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I, well, the restaurants are closed and now it's about food and everyone's ordering online. Yeah, I mean, like, there's going to be a lot of weight on that question. Yeah, it can be very so, like, I've heard my friends yeah. say, you know, if I ask somebody what it can be loaded. What do you want for dinner? Yeah. And they get angry and it's like, oh, OK, we're here. Right. Um, so, you know, this brings us to. Another point is um, is when you ask clients um, what they what they want, you can ask it in a way that actually moves them towards their desire. So let's stay with you know what do you want for dinner? There, you I mean that could be anything. What do you want for dinner? And for some people, and I think maybe the reason why it's becoming just a weird question right now is like it could be anything. It could be scrambled eggs. It could be peanut butter and jelly. And that's too much pressure to have to decide. But you know, if you narrow it down and say, what haven't you had in a really long time that would delight your soul? Wow, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I've never heard uh, what do you want for dinner asked in that way. <laughs> Yeah, Co- changes the question completely, and and that's in you know that's how we do it. I actually um, ask my husband that regularly, and he just kind of rolls his eyes. But um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he is the benefit of powerful questions all day long. Sometimes he hides. <laughs> He's taking it for granted. <laughs> no, I mean sometimes you know it yeah. depends on the day. Uh, yeah, um, and so and then you know the other piece of this is um, is your ability to communicate effectively, and this is at home and in coaching, and it it's all about centering the person that you're talking to. So would that be um, would is was that under the third pillar, which is direct communication? Absolutely. And it's weird to think about centering somebody else when you yourself are trying to communicate directly, but that's what you have to do. Uh, there's intention there. There's energy there. Um, 
it's not just uh, passive. It starts with uh, making that decision. And I think, uh, I think it's rare. People don't do that. People don't center other people when they start, you know, having conversations with them. Oh yeah. And then, you know, there, there are really specific points that you can get to is, you know, the, the coaching objectives, um, the meeting agenda, um, the purpose of what you're doing in session. If you're going to offer someone a technique or exercise, actually taking time to explain why you think that would be effective for your client and see what they think. Just don't assign it blindly and set up a power differential there. Say, hey, I think I have this really cool thing that we would both enjoy and you would benefit from. What do you think about it? Right. You know, and and, and the great thing about um, learning this as a coach is you can't unlearn it. So as you learn this and you practice it, uh, it's going to benefit all your relationships, everyone around you. Yeah. It, it will benefit all your relationships and, and everyone around you. And, you know, a lot of this is really becoming aware of language and the way that you use it. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I really had to work on is making sure that I'm not using words and language in a way that the person in front of me wouldn't understand and might feel weird asking me what I mean. And that goes with jargon, like technical jargon. Um, so a, a great example is is metacognition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, metacognition is a psychology term that describes awareness around understanding your own thoughts and right. your own thought processes. And this is a lot of what we work on in coaching is, is helping clients engage in metacognition. But Mm -hmm. that's such a weird word, you know, very few people would know it. And so if I roll into a session and I'm like, well, you know, how's it been going with you um, establishing, you know, awareness and metacognition? And somebody's like, what? (laughs) Or they'll feel intimidated um, or stupid because they they don't know it and then they won't ask what it is. And then there's, you know, there's a, there's no communication there. There's a misrepresentation. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and then flipping this over to how we do it um, at work or at home, I've really gotten into the habit of saying to people in my life who are not my clients, do you want me to coach you right now? Mm. Do you want information that I have? Like if I know something about the brain or the body or stress or or how somebody's responding, um, I can't take it for granted that number one, that person in my life actually wants to hear from me. Um, Number two, that they're in a place to receive that information. And number three, like that, that they're, you know, they're open to it. Do they usually say yes? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because what, what they're hearing is, do you want me to send you an invoice? (laughs) Basically, no. No. Well, you know, it it really depends. So it's like if, if most of, most of my, my friends um, do want that information from me and they are very appreciative of, um, of that expertise. But if, if I'm, for example, um, on the phone with my mom or my dad, and Mm. I might happen to have an extraordinarily deep body of knowledge around a particular point. And I say, Hey mom, Hey dad, like this is actually what I do like professionally in life. Do you want my opinion? They're like, Nope. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, um, you actually just raised a really good point and and maybe it's, it's, um, under etiquette, but I love that you 
leave coaching or your work um, at work. And so when you're engaging with people on a social level, um, you either ask for permission or, or you don't wear that hat. And I think a lot of coaches, um, and especially even in the fitness world, they'll correct you. They'll tell you what you're doing wrong. They'll, you know, make comments about your diet and you never asked for that, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I've kind of learned it the hard way. I mean, you know, it's really been yeah. like those moments where I'm in a bar and I'm popping off about, you know, neurobiology and I'm looking around and everybody's eyes are glazed over. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It wasn't welcome. Nobody yeah. wanted to talk about brains with me. So I feel like, um, you know, as as we're kind of rolling around with this, we keep hitting the same themes. And it's, you know, center the person in front of you. Ask for permission. Think about the way that you're framing things. Are you actually asking a question or are you yourself looking for validation? And then, you know, when you're communicating with somebody, you know, be aware of, of your language. Like, are you showing off? Are you looking for cookies or are you right. really trying to communicate with the person in a way that they can understand you and also understand themselves? Yeah. And finally, um, know that uh, this doesn't come naturally. This is a skill. This is learned. And so if you um, are not good at communicating effectively, then it's just time to learn. You know, I mean, we should be learning this in high school, but we don't. And so there's no need to put pressure on yourself that you should be at a certain level because uh, this is something that we are not taught. Oh, yeah. And come see us at Journey Coaching. Uh, you know, and, and, a, and a big part of this in, in training adults is really having empathy and compassion mm -hmm. for people and saying, you know, this is a really safe environment to learn this stuff because guess what? We were never taught. And now is a great time to try. All right, guys, check us out at Journey Coaching and um, be well. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noelle's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.